Because we are back with your daily dose of the Mabea way, and we have the direct line from Texas here today, Mr. Twombly. And it's so amazing to have you here in California. So what's going on? I'm first of all thrilled to be here. This LA has the best weather. I love Dallas mainly for the taxes, but <laughs> it's tough to beat the beach in California at all. I mean, you can't beat it, right? No, no. This is a, a suburb of heaven off for sure. Off I could maybe. You know, I just I want California to get back to its golden age, and then I'll come maybe move back as uh, the son of a Napa Valley lady. I love the beach and good wine and bad company. That's why I'm here. So, uh. <laughs> and that's actually the Marbella way because everything you just mentioned—you know, the good food, the vibe, the sunshine, the coast—is literally Marbella. Everything yeah. you wish for is in Marbella. Well, and it's Southern California is pretty much the Mediterranean of right. America, like. Florida, it's a great state, but it's hot, it's humid, it's wet. It's the Caribbean. It's not the Mediterranean. But you basically, the grapes you can grow in California, you can grow in France, you can grow in Spain, you can grow in parts of Italy, parts of Greece. It's the closest you can get in North America to uh, the Med. And you grew up in Napa Valley, right? Um, you're born in that area and then moved down to the peninsula because my dad was a tech guru and my mother uh, had me and three siblings, so she had a full-time job. Um, but we'd go up every month to visit my grandparents. And uh, actually, my mother, if anyone's seen the movie Bottle Shock, which is a great movie about Napa winning its first um, wine competition, there's a scene where it's, you know, the pay they get the paper. It's the end of the movie that they won. And uh, my mom literally viscerally remembers my grandpa getting the paper in the morning, having his breakfast, saying, holy crap, we beat the French. <laughs> <laughs> and then over the years, because there were apple orchards and, like, nut trees and everything else, and then it all got converted into vineyards within our lifetime. And it's just, it's crazy to see the development of Napa. So we have a lot in common. The Mabea way, you know, is situated in Andalusia, Costa del mm -hmm. Sol. It is literally, you know, we have vineyards, we have an amazing lifestyle. It's very much like California. That's why we call it the California of Europe. So that's why we thought, let's talk with somebody who's actually from California, now living in Texas. So it's interesting to hear about your background here, the authentic California, mm -hmm. and why you're in Texas. Well, you know, my, Actually, my great-great-great-great-grandfather fought in the Civil War, uh, Voltaire Twombly, got the Medal of Valor. Um, and then he stayed up in the North, um, but I can officially say I'm a carpetbagger. I've gone to the South for money reasons, and carpetbaggers after the Civil War were Northerners who went down for money reasons. Carpetbagger, it's like a new word. Yeah, it's, it's a new, new word, word for we, you. Have, we have to write it down. It's like actually carpet, a very, I'm write it down now. Carpetbagger. It's a very old word. It actually comes from the suitcases they would have were like the carpets that you'd sure. see on the ground. And so that's where the term comes from. It's still used colloquially. So. And what year are we in right now, approximately? 1868, 1870. Right. So right after the Civil War, South's decimated. So a bunch of Northerners with money moved South and uh, literally just started buying up businesses or starting stuff because the infrastructure was destroyed down there. And now, um, living in Texas, um, as a Californian, I know a bunch of New Yorkers, people from Pennsylvania, who've all moved to the South because the economy's better. Unfortunately, just California's and a lot of the Northeast is just overtaxed, lack of development. Obviously, you've seen huge businesses move from California to Texas. I actually remember growing up uh, in the Bay Area and I'd listen to the country music station, uh, 95.3 The Wolf, and we'd literally get radio ads from the governor of Texas, Rick Perry, oh. saying, move your business to Texas. So there was some very aggressive poaching going on from Texas for economic purposes. But 
I, I love California. I wish it would go back to its golden age. But mm. if you're a young guy and you want to just, you know, actually make some serious money, unfortunately, you have to go south right now. Um, but I'm hoping California bounces back. I think California over the past 10, 15 years have made some bad economic decisions and then bad cultural decisions with just allowing the rampant rise of homelessness, crime, um, just everywhere has been a huge problem for the state, like lifestyle-wise and then economically. Um, but as me and my mother were actually discussing the other week in Dallas, you know, when you're a kid, your mother can tell you, you know, don't touch the hot coal. But sometimes you need to burn your hand oh, yeah. to learn your lesson. Yeah. And I think California hopefully has burned its hand and comes about. And I'm not saying they need a right-wing jerk to take over the state, but just some centrist policies like, you know, let's get the homeless out of the street. If they're vagrants, put them in jail. If they're drug addicts, let's help them. And then let's actually support the police and get things back where it needs to be. I couldn't agree with you more. But what is very funny to think about is, you know, you think about Europe, there's so much we can learn from each other. Like yeah. coming from Europe, coming to the U.S., we have so many benefits, but we, we, we really don't know anything about each other. Yeah. So that's the magical part of it, like coming to Marbella as well. It's like you're coming from another country, stepping into another world, and you don't know where to start. It's a little bit like the magic of coming to, you know, California because it's still great. You know, the American spirit is still there. Yeah. Even if you're in Texas or in Florida or wherever you are, in what kind of state you are, that is the spirit. Yeah, there are so many things to say about this topic, but in a way, isn't the moment to come to California now so that uh, the golden age, you know, it's still here. And, you know, we, if there has been challenges that you, mm -hmm. you point at, maybe that's the time. To, to come. Well, it's always better to be early than late to a party. Um, yeah. It's yeah. especially the same with investments and everything else. And uh, I just can't imagine California not having a pendulum swing back and a pushback. And you're seeing it in a lot of other states that have been mismanaged where there's now a pushback. It's not at a tipping point yet, but it's moving in the right direction. Um, and I think California is, is hopefully going to go that way. Because at the end of the day, you know, there are problems with California, but you can't beat the weather. We have the best, prettiest state in the entire country. California actually has every climate on planet Earth except for tundra. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I learned that in like fifth grade. So. <laughs> without tundra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't need tundra. We don't need tundra. But we've got skiing. We've got, we got the best mountains to ski in. We've got the best beaches to surf in. We've got the best vineyards on planet Earth. And of course, it feels like Spain because every other town's named in Spanish. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including the city itself. Exactly. And so it's it's got to feel like home for you guys in some ways. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's very very interesting. First of all, we came from Copenhagen to mm -hmm. the south of Europe. We have uh, 140 nationalities in, in Marbella. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's kind of international. But all those those people they would talk together. But anyway, they live. You know, you will have nine languages spoken over the language over the table. <laughs> I wouldn't see. I don't see that in this country. You know, everybody talks the same language more or less. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's the not in. The convenient thing about America is everyone pretty much does speak right. English. But if you go to some parts of LA, you know, you got little Tokyo, Koreatown, Chinatown, um, plenty of Mexicans. So Spanish is definitely being spoken. But it's one of those where it's like, um, this is still an international city in its own way. But at the same time, it's very much an American city. It's mm. like, you know, I, as much as I love Dallas, I think Dallas is an A-class, first-rate city. Like, if you want to talk about the two cultural centers of power in America, it's New York in the East and LA in the West. Those are the big drivers. Mm. One's financial, but if you come to LA, it's media, it's culture, and you know, well, you know, money is hard power, 
LA is basically the front for soft power in America globally, because that's what's going out internationally. That's how people perceive America. That's what mm. people feel about America. And this is the epicenter of that. Yeah. Do you think the American dream is still alive? Yeah, I think it's still alive. I'm making pretty good money, so. <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, if, I could, if I could say anything, it's like, I think it's harder than it has been. Um, I think uh, the main reason for that right now is, you know, we kind of had a perfect storm of bad economic crises where homeownership's at an all-time low and family formation's at an all-time low. And I think those issues are kind of wedded together because the biggest driver from people going from lower class to middle class or middle class to upper class was homeownership because that allowed them to have value and things like that. You only have, you know, 10 to 15 percent of Americans who actually play in the stock market with any real game. Um, so homeownership was the main driver for that. And I think the American dream is still alive. But the main what, what any any politician or anyone who cares about this country needs to figure out how to get home prices under control, because it's the millennials and Gen Z who are going to suffer. Because if they have to delay back to their 30s or 40s to homeownership, that's going to delay family formation. And at the end of the day, like that, that should be the north star of American domestic economic policy right now. To just, and I think that would help reinvigorate the American dream, which is alive, but not as strong as it always has been. So the Mabea way is very much about not only Mabea, but it's about actually daring to take the step, whether it's an, as an individual or as a family, to pursue your dreams. Yeah. People still do that. In in the on the South Coast, the biggest minority is the British people. Mm -hmm. So you have Irish background, right? Yep. So that's actually number one on the cost of the soul. Number two is the Swedes. And then of course we have further down the Danes. We don't talk about that. And other nationalities. <laughs> but but uh, the point is that uh, there are still people pursuing their dreams today. And I think it's important to do that despite whatever's going on. Well, I think you guys are a perfect example of that. You guys are moving here. You guys are coming here. And you've, you know, you've looked all over the states. And you can just feel the energy here. There's just something in the air and the dirt, however you want to say it, where it's just like, like I'm not saying it's hallowed ground or anything, but there's just some energy here where this is, there's a dynamism, that is. And it, it basically, it needs to be taken care of, and but it needs to be pushed and motivated because it, you can't let places like this wither away. They need to be cultivated. It's like a vineyard. Like, you can't just let them grow wild and they end up hurting themselves. You need to cultivate it and grow it with a purpose. And that's what L.A. needs to be again. Because this really was, when you think after World War II and the 50s, like, when people think of, like, the Americana Dream, the great movies from the 60s and 70s, it was all L.A. all the time. Thanks. And that, it's like that needs to be brought back out. This needs to be the North Star again hmm. for, like, success in, in, in the country. And I think it can happen again. And we know good friends that moved away from the state, like people that came from here to Florida and Texas, and they actually, some of them are coming back now. But Well, listen, my mother's a great example of this. Her and my father spent seven months in Texas for tax purposes, but they always come back to California for five months. They love it here, like still have a house here. They don't want to abandon the state. And they think there's still, you know, there's opportunity for it to come back to what it was. Um, and, you know, Hope is everlasting, and it's one of those, this this is such, it's basically like the Garden of Eden in America. You can grow anything in California. Yes. Like, California, like Florida is like the orange state. We grow more oranges in California than they do in Florida. We've got the best land in the country when it comes to dirt uh, for growing anything. We've got the best beaches. We've got some of the funnest people, I and mean, we've the most billionaires, the most capital in the country, probably outside of Wall Street, is here in this state. And if it's used strategically, it can help bring business back. And let's face it, like, even though California 
um, bled several hundred thousand residents over the past census cycle. It was basically small business owners leaving because they were getting taxed up. But internationally, people still flock to California because they sense it as opportunistic. And, you know, it still has better opportunity than Europe or Latin American countries, one for economic reasons and then one for crime and other issues. So it's like California is still a beacon drawing people in. Even if people who've been here a while think it's, you know, suffering, they could have more opportunity in other places. Internationally, people still see it as a hub that they could actually achieve something. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we've talked, very, we've talked about the Hollywood in Europe and Marbella, the TV productions there. We talked about all the similarities between Marbella, the South Coast, and California. There are so many, so, so many overlaps. Because yeah. we actually call it a little California <laughs> in Europe. That, so so how, how would you describe, if, you, if we use that analogy, how would you say, how is the lifestyle different, for example, in the North and the South? Because you, you originally came from the, the North, right? Yeah. So... How how would you describe the different lifestyles in this state? North Just to try to compare with what we come from. Northern California is actually less busy. It's actually a slower lifestyle. Um, even though it has the Silicon Valley, which is kind of go go go, but you get outside of that, you go to um, you know Fresno is a big farming hub. We actually have a lot of farming farmland up north, but you know Napa Valley is slow and nice. San Francisco, even though it is a business hub, is a slower lifestyle than L.A. And it's actually a more walk. Well, was. Um, before the homeless crisis, but it was a much more walkable city. And I still think it's the prettiest city in the entire country. Um, it's it, it's essentially one big Manhattan. It's the most, like, it's it's actually sad. A bunch of East Coast cities are very walkable. They're built in a European style, like Philadelphia, New York, things like that. And you get to Texas, you have to Dallas, you have to drive everywhere. Any kind of city in the South, Midwest, or, you know, greater West, you have to drive around. But San Francisco is like a very European walkable city. It's wonderful. Um, and it, L.A. is, there's an energy to push and go and go and go. So it has a bit of the East Coast vibe where you've got to kind of move, move, move. You know, and it's, it's Hollywood's here, so there's just the vibe. There's, you know, you're chasing all the time. And, you know, if you remove Silicon Valley from Northern California, I say we're going 20 miles per hour slower, <laughs> which I enjoy at times, so it's fun down here. So it's 20 miles slower up north. Yeah, I'd say just just intellectually, business-wise, things like that. This, you know, this has just got a hotter scene. So there's movement. another interesting point that we re reflect on quite a lot, and I think it's very important actually. And it's not either or; it's both end. But if I should describe Mabea in one word, I would say comfort. Yeah. If I should describe this place in one word, I'd say challenge. Yeah, the yes. So, but I'm not saying so. For us, it's just like, are we choosing comfort or challenge? Of course, you kind of need both. You need some peace. And you also need some challenge. So it, it is a cocktail in the end. But you have to make a choice. And this is a lot more challenging well, than and, the comfortable and, environment. And I'd always rather States. choose challenge over comfort because that's the only way you grow. Um, there was a great theologian who I'm completely forgetting, but he's got a great quote. You know, dead things only go, against, only go with the current. If you're alive, you're going against it. Mm. And that's the only way you grow and move forward. Um, I think comfort being, you know, finding a place to rest is great. And that's the nice thing about California. You can jet to Napa for a weekend, rezone. You can go to Carmel, Pebble Beach, Monterey Bay. There's plenty of places to basically find zen and peace and kind of regroup, if you will. But L.A. proper, it's a mover, shakers town. And, you know, you got you to gotta chase the dragon, if you will. But it's interesting that even though you, you know, I think some people from outside where we come from would look at, Texas and California is completely different and of course they are different absolutely different yeah. right but you still come here you still like you still feel connected with this place so so how do you feel that you kind of not fit in because uh, I guess you don't want 
want to particularly fit in, but what what is what what is drawing you here still? Well, first off the uh, off the gate, I have a, a bunch of family here, so just having that anchor is huge. But on top of that, just the the amount of business that gets done in California is huge. So there's a need to come out for that. And then secondly, as much as I, I, I love Dallas, it's as flat as a pancake. It's in the Great Plains. There's unless you like hunting all the time, which I enjoy. Um, there's not a lot to do there. California has every activity under the sun, and the weather I think is probably on par with heaven. It's just it's it's 75 and sunny 300 days out of the year. Um, and like, if it's raining, if it, well, people, uh, stay if, if it rains six inches here, people rain. think the world's falling. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, if it's rained yesterday, I was like driving from the highway, coming from Europe, and you're looking at a sign. Okay, I'm from Denmark. It yeah. rains all the time. So I'm looking at a sign. It's like hazard. Like, oh my God, like, are we going to die in a minute? Well, it's like, if it rains, our life is going to shut down. It's like, you know. Well, that's the problem is when things are too perfect, like, oh God, one slight deviation feels like a disaster and that's that's how great la is where it just it's a paradise so if it's slightly if it's too overcast what's happening is yeah. the world ending yeah and, yeah and uh but i think i think california has, has a ton going for it again just like speaking of the management issue like the rain's good and by the way everyone should be thrilled about the rain because we've been in a drought for ages which actually is another policy problem because we haven't we've grown by 10 million people in california and we built any new reservoirs to match the population growth. So that's just, it, that's an infrastructure problem. It's not an environmental problem. Right. It's just not a foresight. Like, you know, if you don't put anything in your savings account, you lose your job, the next mortgage payment feels like a disaster. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Another topic is one? that you are very much into charities. And yes. in Europe, it's not that people yeah. are not into it, but as you probably know, we're taxed a lot more heavy. Yes. So people don't, in many cases, feel the same need to do it because they've already paid the majority of their salary to the government, mm -hmm. which is supposed to take care of everybody. Yeah. So it's a different model of the society. So, but how are you, it's still inspiring to hear about how you're involved in charity well, speaking, over here. Well, I, so I, I donate a lot um, to my local Catholic church, but specific charities within it. I think when it comes to charity, the larger they get, the less, less the money you donate actually reaches the people. I think the best charities to join are local ones where you know the people involved, you know where the dollars are going. Um, so that's that's what I donate locally, and then you know help at a soup kitchen, sometimes clothing drives. But actually, on the international side, um, I'm a Catholic. Sorry, um, but <laughs> I've uh, I have uh, I actually remember the Hospitalité de Notre Dame de Lourdes, which is the hospit uh, uh, hospitlers for Our Lady of Lourdes, which is a major Catholic pilgrimage site in the Pyrenees Mountains. So it's actually right on the Spanish-French border. Um, and several million pilgrims go there every year on and they're elderly sick disabled or maybe just even spiritually hurting and so as a member of the hospitality we'd move them from their planes trains automobiles into their hotels and hospitals help them through religious processions bathe them in the water there um i've met several people who've been miraculously cured from that it actually got featured in a zach afron netflix uh, documentary series um where they covered it um and I loved going to Europe. I know, you know, it's very privileged to be able to go to Europe for a charity event, but we do 10-day mm. stints there, live in a hostel, work like dogs, drink like fish, and then get up again and do it all over again. <laughs> and it was, it was great charity work. I, I loved doing it. Uh, from that, I've made friends in Ireland, Spain, France, Germany. And so every time I go to Europe, it's very easy for me to find a couch to lay on or a guest well, bedroom. But you'll definitely be able to find a lot of uh, brothers and sisters in Spain. Yes. Uh, so that's also a different 
big difference between the Spanish and the international community. The international community, which is about 50% of Marbella, would normally never talk about politics and religion. Because mm -hmm. it's like 140 nationalities, you know, let's not even talk about it. It's exactly. too complicated. But the Spanish people, they, they definitely um, are, you know, love God, you know, they, they know their history. And oh, yeah. They are very traditional people, which is one of the reasons we love the place. That uh, they they totally the, stick you know, to the You know, the pilgrimage walks. In, yeah, in so Ramadan. the Compostela de Santiago yes. actually exactly. goes through Lourdes as well. Right. So um, my parents are actually planning on doing the Compostela mm -hmm. um, this year. Okay. So they're planning on taking a month off and, and doing the hike. So um, I'm debating if I have time to join them for um, part of it. But um, I just think it's an amazing story. And if you've ever seen the movie The Way um, with uh, um, it's uh, Michael Douglas's father, I think, is the main character. It's a phenomenal movie about the Compostela. And just like, even though it's like a, a pilgrimage thing, you know, you don't have to be Catholic to do it. A lot of secular people do it. And it, but it's just, what's so beautiful about Spain, I've read so many books about it. It's like the history there and just the depth of it. And I, I love being American. I think we're the best country on planet Earth, but we're a young country. Like, we're like, <laughs> like 300 years is a twinkle in the eye of history. And, you know, you go to Europe and you just see the history and the bones and a lot of most Americans, especially me included, I did a DNA test. I'm 99.9% .9 European. Shocking. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> <surprise>. <laughs> and um, it, it's one of those. It's just crazy to go back to the motherland and just seeing like there's like because I can do, I've done deep dives on American history. But when you go to Europe, just it you, you could literally spend decades just looking at all the individual histories of each nation because it's, it's beautiful. What would you, say, would you say are the biggest difference between, I mean, what you're talking about right now, but Europe, America, what is, uh, because, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, all these romantic, beautiful, historic, medieval villages all over Andalusia. They're, every single time you enter, it's like a tra tra traveling back in history. It's, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. Uh, but then you have something else. You have a new culture here. Yeah. You, you're doing something else, you know, and how how do you see that, you know, like synergy or whatever you call it, because we, it doesn't have to be either or. No, both are great. Both are great, and I, I think I think the main difference between the two, because obviously we we share the same historical culture, but I think there's more dynamism in America because culturally we feel younger, mm. like we still have to accomplish and produce something. Like when Spain first came out as its country after you know the, through the Reconquista, mm. um, you know 1492. Spain fully took over the entire continent back from uh, the Muslims. They uh, sent uh, Columbus out, and they basically then colonized all of Latin America. So that's what a, when a young country is formed, it's dynamic, it has energy, all this stuff. Europe is not as dynamic as it once was. I, I don't think it's tired, but I think there's just, you know, this is us, we've been here. It feels established. It feels like it mm. it doesn't need to prove itself. It feels like, you know, yeah. we have, we've, we've done this, we're great, all this stuff. But America, there's still a hunger to be like, you know, rah, rah, here we are. And I'd say, so it's just, yeah. I, I literally would compare it to just an age difference. There's a difference between a 50-year-old and a 22-year-old. Yeah. And I would say if you look at the life cycle of the nations, that's kind of where they are. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense. It's very good, very it's a very good, good point, point, actually. Yeah, absolutely. So back to the Mabea way. Yes, back to Mabea. What would you say is the most, you know, let's talk about the California of Europe and the California. What other differences and, and similarities can we talk about? Would you say in terms of lifestyle, culture? There's no shadow of a doubt that, of course, living in Marbella, it's a little loophole of greatness. 
when you go there, you're not likely coming out of this little loop mm -hmm. only when you're like, okay, let's go back to business because it's just a society where you're just having a good time mm -hmm. from morning to night. Right. There's still a lot of entrepreneurs of business going on there, yeah. but it's a slow pace. It's, it's a paradise. Most yeah. people coming there have a business somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, oh, now we're going to our refuge. Yeah. yeah. And they, they love coming there. And it's, it's just all about enjoying life. Yeah. Um, whereas over here in California, it's not like that. It's more of a mix. Yeah. You know, people have their busy lifestyles, their busy lives, and they would probably go skiing or going to the beach as well. So it's like, it's more integrated. Right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not a holiday paradise. Yeah. Right? Do you have, do you have, how do you I have? I think like the, the way we are like doing it in Marbella, like definitely is that, okay, it's freedom under responsibility. What do you want to do in the morning? Okay, people most go for breakfast in a restaurant or they go to the fitness or the gym a little bit and then they work a bit. Okay, then a siesta, you know, you have yes. siesta. So it's like you take two or three hours out of your day and have a nap. And then you go out in restaurants at eight or nine in the evening. So you work in a very different way. So of course it's a different lifestyle. That's and one thing here, I don't yeah, understand because well, well, and I, I would say like I actually I love the idea of a siesta, but it's it's very much an anathema <laughs> to the American culture. But I would say that keep the boots on, right? I would keep my boots on. I have <laughs> I have napped with my boots on many a time, <laughs> um, and uh, but it's one of those. I would say that is kind of an inheritance from like the Anglo culture we got, where it's like we never really had that. But I love the Spanish lifestyle of siesta, go out, eat later, all that kind of stuff. I wish that's something we could adopt. But it's, you know, it, it Nothing it goes, is too late, you know? I, well, yeah. We might get there, we might yeah, get there. Because one confident, thing I don't understand, you know? being a young country, being 22 years old, as you said, uh, being land of the free, home of the brave, right? Why do you go to bed that early? You know, well, everything closes. <laughs> yes, everything that's another thing. I don't know, nine. Is like the party is like door. started and just like, okay, we, we don't. What we is, it, is, the union, is it the unions? What, what is it that causes that? Because it's not, I wouldn't, I would find it more free that everything is open. No, I, so I find it annoying as well, but I, it's really, it's just kind of how the lifestyle of America has developed, where it's like people, you know, the nine to five, it's just, that's, that's been ingrained in the culture. I actually think that's kind of going away a little bit, um, especially in the younger generation, because people now, you know, they work remote, have multiple jobs, things like yeah. that. So it's, things are changing on that end, I think, you know, it, the world that, you know, my parents grew up in, their parents where it's, you know, you work the nine to five and you're done and all that. I think that is that is going away. It's only, I don't think we're going to, in my lifetime, have the siesta, the Spanish lifestyle, which I would I'm love. But uh, uh, I think that's, I think there, we're going to see a, a change in America and how things operate. But uh, what is so fun about America is that I always see you as so positive. Everything is possible when you go out. And it, like eight o'clock, people go home. like nine o'clock. I'm just putting it like to the edge. Yeah. Like, and then oh, you cap it. Oh, the, the party is closed now. We have to go home. It's like, hey, what do you mean? The party has just started. Like, well, you, we cannot go out. We cannot go home at night. I feel like I'm being attacked here because I agree <laughs> with you. I agree. I'm envious of the lifestyle. I agree with okay, you, Bob. It is. It is. America's now. the best country, but we're not perfect. What are we you're doing uh, you're responsible for it. Exactly. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> so. Uh, so. Uh, I would definitely describe Mabea as the European dream. Yeah. People who have the ability and, you know, courage to move and move in a good direction with their lives come there. So how is the, Amer how would you do that in this country today? Where would you go? Texas, California, Florida, New York, 
Aspen, Colorado? What, what, what's the American dream? What does it look like today? The American dream right now, uh, like I'm, I'm happy I'm in Texas. I think it's good for a young person economically because for tax reasons and just uh, home prices and things along those lines. Um, but the American dream as of now is actually to kind of have your own Marabella where people want to have a second house either in California or Florida or Colorado. And you know, it varies on people's interests. Some people want to boat, some people want to fish, some people want to ski, mm -hmm. some people want to be by a vineyard, some people want to be by the beach. But essentially the goal is to have your main property and then state you can visit seasonally where you can have your own kind of shelter, which is, you know, intellectually the same way. It's, it's exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. You know, in, in Europe, if you can, you will have your home in Denmark or Norway or Sweden or Holland or Germany, France, whatever, and then you have a second home mm -hmm. on the south coast of so, Spain. And, and, my, and like my dream you know, is like I either, want, I either want to be by the beach or I want a, a ski house, and then I want one of my brothers to have uh, probably a house in Florida so he can manage the boat and I don't have to deal with it. Because <laughs> there's one thing better than having a boat. Having a friend who has a boat. Where's the wash here? Keep it, keep it clean. So I have a last question before we wrap it up. Is so you think that the, is the European dream alive in the American society? You think that's something? And, and, and I'll just back that up because the fact is that in 2022 and 23, we had more American people coming to Spain than ever before, buying houses, moving there. You know, we have. You know, it's. There's no country in Europe uh, besides France with more tourism than Spain, mm -hmm. actually in the world. Uh, and Americans love it apparently. So there is something about, there's something going there's on. There's a draw there. And yeah. I actually think what probably was the catalyst for that was the pandemic. People realized they could work remote anywhere. Yeah. And some people started exploring. And uh, I'm not saying Americans are lazy, but we kind of were like, we like our own little spot. There's enough to do in the continental lower 48 where you know you can basically get most of what you want in the world. But I think the pandemic caused a lot of young people to go out, see other places, and Spain's not a long flight if you're on the East Coast no. at all. No, no, no. And you're ahead of the East Coast time zone. It's not hard to work. And as I mentioned, you can stay out late in Spain, so you can work a little later. <laughs> so it's I like I'm not shocked by that. And I think um I I think it it makes sense that a lot of people are kind of looking back to the old world because there's a lot of demand, a lot of beauty there. And there's a lot, what Europe has that America doesn't have, and you know, kind of call back to my other answer, it's like it's got bones that we don't have. And it's nice to go there and see that, and I could see the allure for a lot of young people and a lot of, you know, even retirees to look at that and say like, you know, why would I go to New Mexico and build an adobe house when I can go to Southern Spain and I'm living like a king. And, and fly there directly from New York, by the way. Exactly. Open that uh, direct flight uh, in 23. Well, that's the, you know why they did that. Demand. That they didn't. Cheap. They didn't do that for it's no like reason. Three hundred dollars. You know. That's nothing. Yeah. So. so the American dream is still alive in Europe and vice versa. You guys came here. People are going there. Yeah. <laughs> that, exactly. They choose comfort. We choose challenge. Exactly. Well, you know, as you said, not wrong. You need a little bit of both. Yeah. You but always choose challenge. But we we've got like we saved up on the comfort account. So let's be the last yeah, you word. Plenty in the bag. Plenty in the bag. So let's that be it for today. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much thank for you. having me. So thank much you. for coming here and share the vision of and the United States and also the Dallas yes. information. Thank you. It was very interesting to get your perspectives on this. <laughs> and uh, that's the Mabea way. We're open to different approaches. We want to know how 
you know, different cultures. We want to know how. Yeah, we just basically want to know what's going on on the good side of life. Because all we stand for is the positive news, right? We feel that that is a, a good approach. So what's that for you, that? Yeah. It off denied. Yeah. The good life. Thank you all for listening and be ready for one more dose of the Mabea Wave. Oh, 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 o